Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Public Announcement Podcast. And it has been brought to my attention that we are currently celebrating our one year anniversary. Which is great, it's our first anniversary. That's quite awesome. So first of all, a big thank you to anybody who's listening to this episode right now, whether you're a new fan, an old fan, whether you have been here from the day one or you just came across this episode. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It really makes my day yeah, well, to see people engaging with my content, reacting to it, it's, it's it's pretty nice. And I think that we have a very small, but a very family-like community here. And I'm working hard to bring us closer together to find a platform where we can just all merge together. I mean, we had some development, we have some tested trials during the, during the year, but eh, I'll find something, don't you worry. But let's get right into the episode, because today we have an interesting topic to discuss, and that is pretty much, well, an old Roman saying, in a way, or how the coronavirus affected global leadership. Well, that's a a topic question. Well, there is this old Roman saying, or uh, old Roman law, in a way, uh, that said that in times of prosperity and peace, there is democracy, but in times of... uh, war there should be dictatorship what it basically means it's pretty straightforward if the country is at peace and it's therefore prosperous there should not be a single ruler or dictator saying what it should be done it should be the will of the people but what they realize or the romans realize it's much better to transform the power uh, to a single person single competent person when there is a war because a war requires you to act fast, to act accordingly, and to react fast to the enemy. We can compare, of course there was no war in the literal sense, like guns blazing, but there was a war of the coronavirus, it to a certain extent was a war, we were fighting, as many called it, with an invisible enemy. And you could make the argument that this was a war basically, that it was no different from another war. Because at the end of the day, people died, people were injured, institutions were crippled, businesses were down, some countries were locked down and are still recovering. But the question itself is, how does this affect global leadership? Now, if you take yourself back, let's take ourselves back to the beginning of the coronavirus, when the first country started implementing these these uh, restrictions, let's say, or yeah, measures to kind of stop the coronavirus from spreading... What surprised me the most, it was that there was no united body behind it. I mean, there always was the health organization and everybody. But at the end of the day, they kind of just said their recommendations and went on. For example, in the European Union, if you remember correctly, Italy and I I think France and Italy were the first ones. Well, Italy was the first notable ones, but I... I remember reading in February that there are a few cases in France already. But again, most of the time we have only reacted to the coronavirus, but it was very independent-based. I was expecting that the European Union, as it usually does, would kind of come out and say like, okay guys, let's do this, all European countries do this, and we'll inform you. Because that's basically what's been happening at the European Union in the past few, well, I would say decades, in a way. 
you see the countries just kind of come in there and then suddenly a new law is presented and if it's voted that we accept it then countries who don't accept it are suddenly looked down upon like there is something less and if you protest you're also kind of looked down upon like why are you protesting you could have participated in the voting but on the european voting in another time but what happened basically with the coronavirus is that the european union basically said fuck it and just dipped and every single country was there for itself i mean the first countries didn't really know how to react so they basically just said like no traveling to italy and when the coronavirus spread there they started implementing restrictions and even though you could find restrictions that are kind of united or that we have reached a consensus that this is the best way to deal with the coronavirus we have to admit that most of the process was trial and error I mean, we were, I mentioned this in my corona episode. N- nobody was really prepared for a pandemic. Nobody really knew that this could happen and to what extent it could happen. So all the measures that were taken were basically testing out if this works and if this doesn't work or if this will stop and this won't stop. And this is not possible when you have a giant uh, union overseeing you there is no space for trial and error because they say something and well that's their trial and if it's an error then it's an error for everybody but you see in europe countries reacted differently there was no united consensus that you have to lock down or you have to do this the european union in a way sort of dispersed itself for a few months and then came back when prosperity started to roam again i remember the first meetings that were online with the european union were taken only after the corona crisis was sort of stabilized or stabilizing and many countries were lifting its restrictions. But if you look around the world, countries have been dealing with the coronavirus differently. Just a glowing example of, for example, Sweden, right? They haven't had any lockdown or closing down of business and I think they're doing pretty well. For example, on the other hand, Britain, which tried to do, go the same route as Sweden, ended up having the most cases, or at least they were in the top top five, I guess. I, I don't know if they had the most cases, but they definitely were one of the countries with the most cases and deaths per day. Yeah, that's what I remember. Just because they implemented this method and it didn't work. That's why the need for a global body in this uh, times of war, in a way, is not needed. Because it's too slow, it's too broad... And it cannot really capture what is really happening in the country. If we imagine that the European Union at the beginning of the coronavirus would put some restrictions on countries, I think the entire world, or at the end of the day, only the entire European Union, would be at a much, much, much worse place. I think they would. Because you could not quite capture what is happening at that given country. And that's why when people sort of hear the word dictatorship or they hear the old Romans saying, they're like, no, there has to be democracy at all times. I mean, look how quickly we abandoned it during the first sign of a really big war. You have to understand, it was basically an every man for himself scenario. There was no united consensus. Of course, countries after a while started cooperating with each other. I mean, for example, my home country of Slovakia, I mean, we started to talk to the Austrians, to the Czech people, to the Hungarians, but it was mostly concerning our affairs. We wanted to make sure like, okay, we are opening borders, so how about you do the same and we can kind of... Uh, we can kind of cooperate, but when the shit hit the fan, when it when the corona was at the peak, I'm talking mid-March, beginning of April, everybody, nobody was talking with the other fellows, everybody was solving their own fucking issue at, at their country, 
And that was the main thing. That was the main thing everybody was dealing with. And the same could be applied to United States. Now, I'm not really a United States politics guy, and I'm sure the Central Congress or whatever they have there try to release some general rules of what should be done, but it was mostly based on states. I remember in the early days of the corona, I read that Florida won't be closing down for the spring break because they don't want to lose profits. Meanwhile, everybody was fucking panicking over at California and at the other states. There was no a united movement to close down states. Again, there were some laws that were applied maybe to the entire United States, but it was mostly the initiative of the individual states which wanted to protect, well, basically the citizens of the states. Uh, and it was their own initiative to do this. It was their own initiative to, to move and to do some restrictions. The same is, again, as I mentioned with the European Union. It was a test, trial and test no, wait, trial and error, sorry, trial and error for each individual country. There was no united body behind it. And therefore, the question poses that I have this little prediction to make. As we will be heading towards a recession, because we are, essentially speaking, we are in a recession right now, I think there will be much more hatred or questioning of why we do actually need this global body to supervise us. I'm not going to say my opinions on it. That's irrelevant. I'm merely making an observation here. From the general mood and the general perspective of people, I have already seen some people complaining like, what has the European Union done? And well, they're perfectly correct. We are in a we are in a state or we are in a union and they really now yeah of course they are now preparing some care package but when the peak when there was the peak of the coronavirus they really haven't done anything it was kind of quiet nobody really said anything and every country was a every man for himself scenario and therefore you have to ask that maybe in the future i hope i hope not but maybe there will be another pandemic another maybe war another something some conflict and you have to ask yourself that if you are not going to be let just kind of be left alone by the European Union or by any other union in the world and just not taken care of because, well, whatever, there is a crisis, let's just not matter. And therefore, you have to an- ask the question if membership in such union is actually needed because everybody can be friends and family during the time of prosperity, but the true colors are shown when a war comes or when a conflict comes it doesn't have to be armed it can just be a war conflict a crisis let's call it that's when the true colors are shown and european union hasn't really shown good colors or good mannerships as one could say it when the corona pandemic hit so yeah i think there will be a lot of questioning and i hope people question i hope people question because that is the most important part and the most fundamental right we have in a democracy. And yeah, that's all for this episode. Don't forget we have an email subscription service. So just click the link down in the description of this video or the description of the podcast. And that means that you can sort of receive emails whenever a new episode is uploaded. At the same time, you will receive a complimentary newsletter every week just for you. All right, and that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks in English. Goodbye.